Okay, let's get started. Um, hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest uh, talk on Thursday. And uh, this is going to be AI and the patient. And um, what does that mean exactly? Well, you know, one of the things we talk about is the impact on AI and radiology and radiologists and how it's going to change our job, how it's going to change how we um, read studies, how we divide studies, um, what studies we may or may not read, what the impact on specific areas like detection of pancreatic cancer or mammography will be, uh, how will AI affect billing, how AI will affect scheduling. We go through all of these things, but I realize there's two things that commonly aren't spoken about, and that includes how does AI impact the patient, and how does AI also uh, potentially uh, affect the referring physician. It was interesting, I'll, I'll tell you, um, yesterday I spoke to Dr. Tumulty course, the 66 or so annual course. I gave a talk on AI in the morning, and then in the afternoon, I gave it, I had a meet and greet with professor thing where I was supposed to meet with a bunch of attendees, and a couple of the faculty was supposed to meet also, I thought, but maybe I misunderstood, it was just me alone in this room with a couple dozen people. And and they're because of this Tumulty course, it's really an internal medicine course. So basically, all the people I was with were internists. Okay, so that's pretty simple. So I spoke about AI, and people said they liked my talk and everything. But then I asked the question. I said, "Okay, guys, you're internal medicine. Just what do you think? Will AI impact your practice over the next two to five years?" Now I think. Everybody felt that it would impact their practice. But then I said, okay, well, let's be more specific. How is it going to impact your practice? And I realized no one had any answers. Everyone knew a little bit about AI, and they liked what I showed about dermatology or ophthalmology or radiology. But I never really spoke about how AI will affect the internist, will, how will it affect their interaction with patients. And like, a couple of them said, look, I deal with patients. I sit and I talk to patients. I'm not sure how AI is going to change that. I know it's going to change things, but... So I went through some things with them. I said, well, you know, we had a speaker a couple of years ago who made the point about telemedicine, that the fact with telemedicine and the fact with all of this monitoring stuff, you have many time points in patients. If you have an Apple Watch, I may have your rhythm from every day in the year. I may have your blood pressure from every day in the year. Typically, you go to a doctor's office, and let's say you were a good patient and you really came every year for your checkup. The doctor does your blood pressure, checks your urine, checks your blood, listens to you. But that's one time point. Whatever your pressure is, maybe you're a little bit nervous, maybe you weren't nervous, but that's one time point. I want to know what is your blood pressure in the morning and night? What is it going to be on Monday and Tuesdays and Thursdays? I want to know what it is 300 times during the year, not one time. And it's kind of like the equivalent someone told me about um, getting your car fixed, going to the mechanic, your car's fixed. You get into the car, and then as soon as you turn on the engine, the whole screen goes black. And it doesn't come back on until you go back to the mechanic a year from now. So you may go to the mechanic a year from now, and a bunch of things came would have been shown like your oil light was low and you had not enough oil, but now you found out about it too late. And so instead of putting some oil in that'll cost you 10 bucks, you need a new engine that'll cost you $10,000. So 
I, I thought that was of interest to them, but I realized that no one is really speaking to the referring clinicians about how AI is going to impact them and how they need to relate to AI and how perhaps they need to relate to us as we use AI. The same thing is with patients. Everyone reads about AI, they hear about AI, all sorts of things like that, but they really don't know what AI means, quite frankly, and how it's going to affect them. For patients, they want to know, I guess, will it cost me more? That's maybe just practical. Will I get better care? Maybe most importantly, will that mean I don't see my physician? Will it be someone else seeing me or no one seeing me, just the computer? Well, people don't want that. There have been surveys that show people would love to have AI and computers help with their care as long as the help is done with the doctor to support the doctor and support the doctor to make their care better. I think that's very important. We need to figure out ways of really engaging with the patients. I think if AI, AI will never be perfect, but if AI is to be successful in medicine, we need to have everybody involved, the patients, which are the end recipients of everything, need to feel comfortable that they're not getting worse care, but they're getting better care. They're not getting impersonal care, but they're getting more personal care. We need the doctors taking care of the patients to understand where AI is going to help them, where it's not going to have an impact, or how they can use AI to do better care for their patients. How can they monitor their patients better? What things can they do to impact the quality of the care they're providing? They're very dedicated people. They will do anything that will help their patient. So what is it that we should be telling them that they should be doing to help their patient? To me, it's very interesting. It's kind of like this um, driverless car thing. And I was mentioning in my talk yesterday that there's, you know, driverless cars can be done now. If there was no other cars in the road and you only had highways, driverless cars are easy. Uh, everyone has LiDAR on it. Everyone would know where every other car is. The cars would be moved efficiently. No one would cut someone off. Everyone would be in the right lane. Everything would go very, very much easy. You would be perfect. There would never be an accident. The problem is, for a long time, there's going to be driverless cars and drivers. And drivers will try to outsmart the driverless cars, and that's going to create accidents. Or drivers are just stupid. That's another problem. Or practical. You're driving. It's not just a bunch of other cars. There's people on bicycles. There's people crossing the street. There's people getting running in the street. There's things happening. It starts raining. A bike comes in the street. There's a bus. There's a pothole. You move to the left. You move to the right. There's so many things going on. That's what makes driverless cars so difficult. It's not the driverless part. It's just all the things going on around that are happening that the car needs to recognize and know whether that bike is going to come in front of them or is the person going to cross the street fast enough and is that little kid, that kid who's between two cars going to run out or not run out? Those are all of the things that are kind of tricky and that what makes AI very difficult to really implement in practice. Now, this is an article by Lynn talking about 10 ways AI will transform primary care. The good thing is undivided attention with compassion is the most powerful diagnostic and therapeutic tool physicians can provide. AI will be successful, it will be effective 
when it enhances physicians' ability to focus their full attention on the patient by shifting the physician's responsibilities away from transactional tests toward personalized care that lies at the heart of human healing. And that basically means you don't want the clinician spending their time looking at the computer trying to figure out the damn epic. You want them to be eyes center on the patient, looking at the patient, seeing how the patient looks, seeing how the patient responds. It's that personalized care that is critical. It's the attention to detail that is critical, not getting bogged down in the morass of things. We need to make sure that AI does not make the mistake of electronic health records and be a, just a pain for physicians and for patients, okay? This article, uh, this is related to GI, but it makes the point. There is little doubt that AI will benefit all medical personnel from specialty physicians to paramedics in the future. Phys patients should benefit from AI directly via mobile apps. Physicians should collaborate with different stakeholders within the AI ecosystem to provide ethical, practical, user-friendly, and cost-effective solutions that reduce the gap between research and applications in clinical practice. Collaboration with regulators, patient advocates, AI companies, tech giants, venture capitals will help move the field forward. You need to be involving the patient. You need to be involving the referring physicians. Even the doctors who aren't doing so much of AI, but AI is going to impact them. And if it's early cancer detection, which is so important to our patients and to us, we need to come up with strategies that people don't fear the process. They can't fear overdiagnosis or underdiagnosis. They can't fear that a machine is making decisions and the machine could make a mistake and they could be in harm's way. We need to know that it's the doctor plus the machine. It's the doctor overriding the machine. It's the doctor ruling the machine. People need to understand what they can do and what the safeguards are. I think it's a problem if we don't do that. So I guess one of the things I'm thinking about is as radiologists, you know, we're spending a lot of effort trying to train ourselves about AI, thinking about AI, but perhaps as we do that, we need to reach out to our patients and let them know that the AI we're using is only gonna be used when it really works, when it helps us, not hinders us, and that AI is gonna help us in the long run, and whether that's in six months or six years, I don't know, perhaps. But what we're doing is for their benefit. We're looking out for them because we wanna minimize error, we wanna minimize misdiagnosis, we wanna maximize quality of care. And so I think it's important for patients to be really part of the process. We need patients to tell each other we're getting better care than ever. We need to not have it where people are really of concern that they're not getting the care that they should be getting and that the computer is a way of saving money. We need to make it that the computer is not a way of saving money. Yes, there could be some advantages long-term in big populations, but more importantly, the computer is their friend. The computer AI, his goal is to make them live a long life and a long and healthy life and nothing less than that. So I think 
we need to think about it at CTSS. We're going to think about what is it that we could do to really approach this. Maybe you need AI and medicine lectures for the patient. Maybe that would be the thing to do. I'm not sure, but damn, we're going to figure it out. And hopefully all of you on this call or on this uh, podcast, vodcast, and all of our friends at CTSS around the world, maybe give us some feedback. Tell us what you think. Share with us your best ideas, and let's move forward together. So with that, I hope you have a great Thursday. I hope you have a great week whenever you listen to this talk, and um, I wish you the best. Thanks a lot. Have a great day.